I taught them that all myself, and so uh, good job, son. You're catching on. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know how to do anything on that thing, but glad he does. Romans chapter 6 is where we're going to be tonight. Romans chapter 6, uh, for sake of time, let's go ahead and just remain seated for this. Um, this could be a very lengthy message. I am aware of the time. I am aware of the, uh, the time of day that it is, and I am aware that we all just ate <laughs> and that it is nap time. It is my nap time, and uh, so I'm aware of all that. Um, I don't want to be very lengthy today. I do want to try to still get out by about 2.30, um, so... Um, with that in mind, I, I'm going to try to uh, zip through this, but I, I believe there's a tremendous truth um, for that the Lord has for us uh, to take home with us as we go through this week and really throughout our Christian lives. Um, Romans chapter 6, and uh, let's go ahead and pick it up in verse number 1, and uh, we'll go read through verse number 6, and then we'll cover a few more verses as we go through the message here uh, this afternoon. Romans 6, 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now, last year, as I was looking back over what I brought to our church family on Old Fashioned Sunday back in 2020, uh, we looked first in the morning uh, regarding the old paths, getting back to the old paths, and and then in the afternoon, we talked about uh, the ancient landmarks that, the, that Solomon warned us to not remove. Uh, there was two verses in the book of Proverbs that says, remove not the ancient landmarks. And we looked at four of the ancient landmarks that we ought not uh, ever touch, ever move, and make sure that we hold on to those uh, and never remove them from our lives. First of all was the scriptures. And then the second one was salvation. Uh, we... we we need to stay true to that and the doctrine of salvation as, as taught in the Word of God. And then uh, we also looked at separation, and uh, that's a, a not a very popular thing to talk about in, in uh, 2020, 2021 in our modern day, uh, but it is still uh, taught in the Scriptures. And then we also talked about soul winning, and we need to stay true to getting the gospel out and uh, not remove those. So we kind of, last year, kind of looked at some things in the past that were good that we need to hold on to. This, this year, today, we're going to go a different route. We're going to look at some things in the, in the past that we should not hold on to, uh, particularly the old man. Now, I know that uh, there are some older men in the room today. Um, I don't think, I, don't, I, I would want to consider myself not in that category, but I think I'm getting closer and closer to that category as time goes on. Uh, but the point is, uh, we're not talking about an individual in here today that we need to have victory over. We're talking about the old man in each and every one of us before we came to Jesus Christ for salvation. The old man is a reference to the person we were before we were saved that Jesus came and saved us from. 
And, uh, and so today we're going to look at how we can have victory over the old man. And, and certainly there is a battle. Uh, Paul mentions it even more in Romans chapter 7 as he uh, explains the, the plight of every Christian. The things that I want to do, uh, those are the things that I end up not doing. The things that I know I should not do, well, sadly, those are the things that I end up doing. And uh, that's the struggle that all of us have. It's because of that old nature that, that wars against the new nature. Uh, Paul talks about that in Galatians as well. Uh, and throughout the, his epistles, the, the old man uh, sometimes wants to rise up and, and, and win. Uh, and sometimes we let it. Now, Romans chapter 6 gives us three really keys here on uh, getting victory over the old man. And I wanted to share them with you. Um, this afternoon, and again, this could be developed in a much length, longer series even, uh, and maybe someday we will do that, but for now, I just want to kind of give you these thoughts, and you can do a little more study and uh, digging for yourself, but uh, I wanted to give you the three keys in order for us to have victory over the old man. First of all, uh, we need to, number one, realize what God says. We need to realize what God says, and uh, in chapter number six, uh, there, are, there is the word know or knowing uh, three different times in this passage. In verse number three, know ye not. Uh, verse number six, knowing this. And verse number nine, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead. So here, uh, Paul's saying, I want you to realize what God has said here and to know it and to be aware of it. Now, according to the Apostle Paul here in this passage, the first key in having victory over the old man is knowing. Now, most of us have heard the phrase, ignorance is bliss. In this case, it's not. In fact, ignorance can actually hinder us from having victory because the Christian who doesn't realize what God has said here in this passage uh, deals with the thoughts of, I guess I have to obey the old man because he keeps re creeping up and keep and keeps uh, trying to get me to sin. Now, the Apostle Paul writes a precious truth in chapter number 5, no doubt about it, in verse number 20, where he says, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And I'm thankful that, uh, yes, our sin was great, but his grace was greater. And uh, I'm thankful that no matter how much sin you and I have ever committed, his grace is greater than all of our sin, and uh, no amount of sin is greater than His grace. Absolutely not. His grace abounds more. Well, then he anticipates a question that his readers might have. And so he asks that question ahead of time in chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Should we continue in sin that grace will continue to abound in our lives? Uh, we want God's grace, and if we need more grace, and maybe we just keep sinning, and then God's grace continues to abound in our lives. And then he answers the question in verse number two, absolutely not, God forbid. And then he says, how shall, we how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So here's what God says, and to realize what God says is basically this. The old man has been crucified. The old man is actually dead. All right, because here's what it says in verse number uh, six. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Uh, 
Paul talked about this in Galatians in chapter 2, verse 20. Uh, most of us are familiar with this verse. I am crucified with Christ. Now, what's he talking about there? He's talking about my old man, my old nature is crucified with Christ. So as Jesus died on the cross, yes, he was dying as our substitute, but he was also dying as our representative. Because our old man died on the cross with him the moment we became a Christian, the moment we placed our faith in him. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, when someone dies, many times we'll say, oh, so-and-so passed away. See, when we became a Christian, something passed away in us, and that was the old man, the old nature passed away. It died. It was crucified. So when it, here's what God says. God says that our old nature, our old man has died, has been crucified. It's no longer here. And uh, God's word also says that we are freed from sin. We have been set free. Uh, Verse number seven says this, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, perhaps you've heard the illustration before, and I'll use it again right now, but uh, I have done several funerals in my day and uh, in my ministry. In fact, I've done several funerals and no, no weddings. I've done zero weddings. Shouldn't say that because uh, there's a couple couples that are looking to get married here soon. Um, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> so obviously, I'm better at burying people than I am at marrying people. <laughs> that's my spiritual gift, I guess. Everybody's got one. And that's mine. <laughs> uh, but but uh, we there's been the funerals where there's a casket in front of the pulpit and and there's. Uh, the person who passed away is in that coffin. And usually before the service, they'll have the coffin open, and uh, people would go and, and, and see the body and, and pay their last respects, what, what not. Well, let's suppose somebody came up, and the casket's open, and people are doing that, and somebody comes and offers him a cigarette. Says, hey, would you like to smoke? Is he going to do it? No. He's not tempted because he's dead. Uh, here's some alcohol. Would you like to take a sip? Uh, here's a phone, man. It's got access to the entire internet. You go wherever you want. No one will ever know. Is he going to be tempted to go somewhere he shouldn't on the internet? No, he's dead. You kick him a hundred times and say, hey, do something mean against me. Is he going to do it? No, because he's dead. And uh, we need to understand that as believers, our old man is actually, according to God's word, dead. And as a result of that, we're free from, we're free from sin. Verse number 9, he that is dead is freed from sin. Verse 17, let's look there real quick. God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. And verse 22, but now being made free from sin. You see, God's word tells us, God says that we are, our old man has been crucified, and we are freed from sin. And at the moment of salvation, we are freed from the penalty of sin. That means no longer will we have to pay for our sin. Jesus already paid the penalty for our sin on the cross. 
And so the penalty for our sin has been already paid for. We're freed from that. And then as we grow in sanctification, we're freed from the power of sin. We don't, as believers, let me just say this, as a believer, you do not have to sin. You do not have to. Oh, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You have now the power to not sin. God has given you that. You are freed from that power. And then one day, praise the Lord, as we're glorified and we receive our glorified body, we'll be freed from the presence of sin. And no longer will there be any temptation uh, around us. And I'm looking forward to that day. But, but at the moment, uh, we are free from the power of sin and the penalty of sin. And yet, we still do. Okay? So we need to first realize what God says. But then number two, we need to reckon what God says is true. Now, here's an old-fashioned word for us, a southern word, reckon. Right? It means to believe to be true. A lot of times we'll say, I reckon it's time to go home, or I reckon it's uh, time to eat. Uh, here, we're saying we reckon what God says is true. We believe it to be true. And that, ver that word is found in verse number 11, where Paul says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we need to basically believe what God says. We need to know what he says, but then we need to believe it. We need to reckon it to be true. We need to live accordingly as if it is true. Uh, in Montana, uh, this hopefully will wake us all up this afternoon, uh, but in Montana, I remember I, I've shared this before, but one uh, it was a couple, maybe a month or two after we got there that uh, somebody said, hey, I want to talk to all the, all the heads of the home in the church. I thought, oh, this is, this is a big deal. So we got all the, the dads, you know, of the home, and we all kind of got in a little circle, and, and one, of the, one of the guys in the church said, hey, I just want to get us all together because we're going to start, we're going to get some chickens, and I wanted to know if anybody wanted to go in with us and get some chickens. And we're going to raise them, and then one day uh, soon we'll have a processing day. And, uh, and I was like, wow, okay, this is not what I expected to hear. I'm from California. Like, this never got talked about. And uh, so I was like, well, sure, you know, we'll jump into this whole Montana thing. We'll, we're, we're partying. Count us in. So sure enough, we, they get some extra chickens for our family, and, and uh, they do all the feeding and, and all of that, and we kind of helped with some of the finances for all that, and they did all the work. And then it was the, the day that we were to come together and, uh, and have the processing day. And so we, we were excited to be a part of it, and, and we had never seen anything like this. I mean, it, we're just this California family, you know, dude. <laughs> so, like, we're groovy and, and all that, you know, and we didn't ever have to do this stuff. Well, um, we're, we're there, and, and all of a sudden they start getting these chickens together, and, and they get the block of wood out, and they get to hatch it, and... Uh, and I'm kind of going, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm ready to watch this. But then sure enough, they do, they do a few of them. And uh, then they throw these, these chickens in this big, uh, big tire. These chickens kind of, you know, as they say, they really do uh, run around with their heads cut off. They absolutely do. And it was my turn. I was like, I want to turn. And so um, I actually have a video. I, I don't have it prepared. I don't want to show it to us because we just ate, you know. Um, <laughs> Chicken, right? <laughs> but this is the process that happens. 
Um, and so I get the chicken, and I, I, one guy's holding the body, and then I hold the head, and then, and then chop. And you're supposed to do a real good big chop. Well, I, I didn't do a big chop. <laughs> kind of did a little, I was a chicken to chop the chicken's head off. And, and I kind of had to do like five or six chops to get the thing. Poor chicken, man. That's the worst. I'm the worst. I realize that. You can call the chicken cops on me because that was, that was bad. I'm like, okay, that was horrible. Everybody was laughing at me, and I'm like, I need to redeem myself. So I, I do it again, and, and uh, I got it most of the way through that first time, and then I had to do one more quick one, and it was done. So, but, but here's the thing. Those chickens run around after that's happened. They're dead, but their body doesn't believe it. <laughs> their body hasn't got the memo yet. <laughs> and and that, that describes a lot, of the, a lot of Christians, right? The old man has been dead, but... Uh, the Christians haven't gotten the memo yet. And so here's the deal. It may, we may not feel like we're dead, or the old man is dead, because sometimes it feels like it comes up and we, we feel strongly to sin. But I'm telling you, God's word says we're dead. And that's why he says in verse 11, Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. And then a couple of years ago, we uh, took our family on a vacation to go see the Ark Encounter and on the way there, we went to St. Louis, and there's a, uh, there's a really good uh, free children's, or not children's museum, but a science museum, and it's free. And so we went a couple times because the price was right and <laughs> gave the kids something to do. Um, but the first day we went, it's two stories, and we, we were up on the second story, and, and uh, this thing was pretty massive. There was a lot of walking to do upstairs, and, and the hallway had... Um, these, uh, these glass windows in the floor. And, and as you look down, you can see the street below and cars going. And, and, uh, and my family was perfectly fine to stand on top of that. But as I looked at them standing on that glass, I kind of got super queasy super fast. And I'm like, can you guys please not be on that? I mean, just one crack and it could be over. Like, please just get off of it. I'm not happy with this. And they're like, come on, Dad. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm good. I, I don't need to be on that. Okay, here's the deal. That, that was completely safe, but uh, I did not feel like it was safe. I did not feel like it. And when it comes to this idea of our old man being dead, it may not feel like it, but we're not to live based on feelings. Probably take somebody here and put a blindfold on them and spin them around 30 times. Number one, we'd probably have something to clean up afterwards, but uh, we would say, which way is the pulpit? And without any type of sound help, uh, we'd probably all be a little disorientated, and our feelings would lie to us. Uh, we cannot, as believers, live according to feeling. We need to live according to fact, and the fact is, uh, the Bible says that our old man has been crucified. We are dead indeed unto sin, and we need to believe that. Um, you... Now, I've got all my extremities, and I'm thankful for it, um, but I've heard that those who have uh, a limb or something amputated, that uh, you know, maybe their arm has been caught, chopped off for one reason or another, and uh, they still feel like they have that hand there, even though it's not there. Um, and that's kind of how it is for believers. We still feel like our old man is there, but it's really not. It has been crucified uh, with Christ already. In the, uh, in the book, in his book, 40 Days, 
the author Alton Gansky relates this story, excuse me, uh, that chicken. Uh, <laughs> Harry Houdini, it is about uh, Harry Houdini. And uh, he made a na name for himself, of course, by escaping from every imaginable confinement, from straitjackets to multiple pairs of handcuffs clamped to his arms. And he boasted that no jail cell could hold him. Well, time and time again, he would be locked in a cell only to reappear just minutes later. It worked every time except for once. He accepted another invitation to demonstrate his powerful skill. So he entered the cell wearing his street clothes and the jail cell door shut. Once alone, he pulled a thin but strong piece of metal from his belt and began working the lock. Something was wrong. No matter how hard Houdini worked, he still couldn't unlock the lock. For two hours, he applied skill and experience to the lock but failed time and time again. And two hours later, he gave up in frustration. What was the problem? The problem was the cell had actually never been locked in the first place. <laughs> Houdini worked himself to near exhaustion, trying to achieve what can only be accomplished by simply pushing the door open. The only place the door was locked was in his mind. And uh, you and I need to realize that the, we are not slaves to sin any longer. We no longer have to sit. We've been freed from it through Christ. And so for those who are caught up in besetting sins for year after year after year, friend, you don't have to be. The door's open. It's unlocked. You don't have to keep trying and trying and trying with all your might. You've been freed. You've been freed. Um, so we need to first uh, realize what God says. And number two, we need to reckon what God says is true. And then thirdly and lastly, we need to resolve to do what God says. Okay, knowing and believing it to be true then should produce a resolve in our hearts to do what God says to do. And what does he say to do in verse number 13? Here's the third key word here. We have knowing is a key word, reckon is a key word, and then here in verse 13, yield is another word. It's actually found four times in this passage, twice in verse 13, once in 16, and once in 19. Yield. Uh, resolve to do what God says. It means to surrender. Let's read verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but instead yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So here we're told, uh, you know, the word yield, of course, means uh, surrender. It means to uh, give over to. Uh, I was reading this week that the uh, nation's first traffic yield sign was actually erected right here in the great state of Oklahoma over in Tulsa. Um, so we can claim that fame here. Uh, not only are we a home of tremendous wind and tornadoes, but also the first yield sign. Um, also, may it be a place where there are Christians who are yielding their bodies as instruments of righteousness instead of unrighteousness. Uh, first, we're told uh, what we are to not yield to. Uh, we're not to yield to sin. Uh, we're not to yield to the old things that we used to do before we were saved. Uh, there should be a great change that has taken place in our hearts. The things I used to say, I don't say them anymore. Things I used to look at, I don't look at them anymore. And on the song goes, right? Uh, we should uh, yield ourselves not to those, but then instead to uh, the, the things that are, uh, yield ourselves 
unto God as those things are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. These instruments, these uh, members, uh, my eyes, my ears, uh, my hands, my feet used to serve me and serve my flesh. But now we need to serve the Lord with these instruments. So that's the encouragement. Resolve to do what God says. Now the truth is you are either going to yield to sin or you're going to yield to your Savior. Which one is it going to be? Uh, someone once said it this way, two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. Uh, which one are you going to pick? Every day we're faced with temptation to give in to temptation and sin or instead refuse and yield ourselves to the Lord. As a believer, you have the ability to not sin. And you've been freed from that. That's a wonderful freedom that we have as believers. But one that sometimes we don't know that that's the case. And maybe we know it's the case, but we don't believe it to be true. Maybe we believe it to be true, but we're not willing to resolve to do what God has said. And so the encouragement for us today is to realize, to reckon, and to resolve. And uh, then we can have victory over the old man. And the old man does sometimes feel like it creeps up in my heart, for sure. And I may be the only one, but I, I suspect I'm not. I suspect that all of us struggle with that. And uh, so here's some things. Look, your old man passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And uh, now we have the ability. We've been uh, given the freedom now to not sin and to instead be servants of the Lord. Uh, let me read verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. What Paul's saying is, look, you're going to be a servant to something. Uh, you're not going to just do your own thing. When you do that, you're in bondage to yourself. See, uh, who are you going to serve? You're going to serve yourself? You're going to serve sin? Or you're going to serve the Lord? And, uh, of course, the encouragement for all of us is to serve the Lord. Well, how to have victory over the old man. Uh, there's much more that could be said. Uh, Romans chapter 6 is a very rich chapter of the Word of God, uh, one that deserves a little more time and study. Uh, but for today, just a tip of the iceberg of some keys for us to have victory over the old man, and I hope that we do this week. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, allowing us to be in your house uh, all day today. It's been a real pleasure, a real uh, joy to be around your people, uh, to hear your word, and uh, Lord, to sing songs and uh, to have some fellowship. And Lord, I pray that as we go our way that uh, we would indeed have victory over the old, the old man. The old man does want to creep up in our life and, and uh, pretend like it's still there. Uh, but Lord, help us to remember what you said, that it has been crucified, that it has passed away, that we have been given freedom. Help us, Lord, to reckon it to be true, and then help us to resolve to do what your word says, to yield ourselves servants um, unto you instead of unto sin. And we'll thank you for all that you do in our lives now, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, at the